like to share this morning on the thought of believing, and we were introduced to that this morning. Marvin did that well in the opening. Grounded in belief, I invite you to John 20. I guess this message is born out of a motto that was on the mantle of our daughter, son-in-law, Glennon and Charlotte King. That was in her living room and a year and a half ago, we spent quite a few weeks there uh, as she was passing on to the, her reward. Her living room turned to her dying room, but on the mantel there, there was this motto or a thing cut out of wood. It said, simply said, believe, and I think she had that other places in her house. And that left, left a legacy with me. Got to thinking, well, what does it mean to believe? Here in John 20, we have the account when Jesus met with his disciples following his resurrection before his ascension, I believe on two different occasions, uh, eight days apart. On one of those, Thomas was not there. But I want to begin with verse 19 of John 20 and read to the end of the chapter. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be to you. And when he had, when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus unto them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples were there, therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see the hands, I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were with him, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, and the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Verse 27 would be a text verse, I guess, if you want to give one a title. Be not faithless but believing. So what does it mean to believe? Uh, uh, 
a definition I found, believing is one who takes God at his word and trusts him for salvation. Now Thomas's response there was very significant after he saw, uh, could feel, whatever. As Norman mentioned earlier, it was the, the, the print of, of in Jesus' hands and so on. He said, my Lord and my God. He was, it was in a, in, a, in a worshipful mode, you might say. Now we think of Thomas as the, the doubting Thomas, or we use that term sometimes, doubt being doubting Thomases. But I have to ask myself, would I have been any different? Would I, or am I any different? Uh, do I ever doubt? Um, the act of believing versus the object of believing. Now, there's two different. You can you see the two different ways of of looking at believing, and we'll see different ones here as we go through various scriptures here this morning. I would like to look at some examples of those that that uh, had some problems believing on various occasions through their experience from scripture. Not to be critical of them. Uh, they had their faults, we had our faults, but if we can learn from them, uh, let's do so. Turn with me to Matthew 14. This is simply the account of Peter uh, and the inability to walk on the water. Matthew 14, I will be looking at a number of scriptures here this morning. I'd like to read several of them, beginning at verse... 22, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was con contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto, the, unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sing and cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. And they were in the ship and they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Simple story, but so significant. Peter doubted. Therefore, he began to sink. And so, what can we learn from that? All right, let's go over to chapter 17. Here we have the account of the disciples. Uh, I believe there was an individual here that needed healing. Uh, 
beginning with verse 14. And when they were coming to the, mul to the multitude, there came to him a certain man needing kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and, de and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples, then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto, the, unto them, Because of your unbelief, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove thence, to yonder place, and it shall re and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible for you. Howbeit this this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. The significant words there in this story is because of your unbelief. Jesus told the disciples because of your unbelief that they couldn't have power to heal there. Let's go over to Luke twenty four. Down here of the two on the road to Emmaus. Luke 24, beginning um, well, I think I'll just refer to the verse in verse 25. We have here the account where uh, Jesus, of course, had been crucified and, and they were bemoaning the news that Jesus had died and this was after Jesus has written, had risen. Verse 25, here's where they, they had met up, or Jesus had met up with them. He said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And then beginning at Moses and so on, he went down through what had happened and, and so on. But Jesus told them there, O slow, uh, O fools, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Another example of those that had doubted. Let's go to Matthew 11. This one kind of surprised me when I found this. Uh, this is John the Baptist. Verse uh, Matthew 11, beginning. Uh, verse 1, And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of the command, commanding his twelve disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now when John had heard in prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto them, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said, Go and show John again those things which ye do and hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. So John sent these two. Uh, is this Christ? Is this really who he is? And uh, we had to hear what Jesus said. Go and show John all those things 
that they might believe. John 11. This was the death of Lazarus. I think I'll read many verses here either. Verse 40, this was after they were concerned about the situation here. Verse 40, Jesus said to her, that being Martha, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? And you know, here again, can we be critical of, of Martha? I mean, after all, Lazarus was dead. Uh, there's, they were in, in, you know, they were human beings. They, they, they went by what they could see. Lazarus is dead, but Jesus challenged her there in her belief. All right, one more from Acts 12. This is the early church. Uh, this story always fascinated me. I think David took prayer request here a while ago. We have Peter in prison, and we have a group praying that Peter would be delivered. Uh, and Peter was delivered. And Peter comes to the door of this group that was praying for Peter, beginning his verse 14 of Acts 12. And when, uh, let me back up a little further. Let's go back up to uh, verse 11. And when Peter was come to himself and he said, Now of a surety that the, that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod, and from all the expectations of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where, they, where many were gathered together praying. And Peter knocked at the door of the gate. A damsel came to hearken, named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she, but she constantly affirmed that it, was, that it was even so. Then they said they, It is an angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door, he saw him. And saw him, they were astonished. And he, beckoning to them with his hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go show these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went in another, into another place. Their prayer was answered, but yet they doubted. Could it really be? But would I be any different? Just an interesting observation there in, in the uh, time of the early church. All right, now I'd like to move on more to uh, the, the positive things of believing and how we can be encouraged in that. Uh, faith and believing is commanded in Scripture. Now, we had that read this morning. I think I'll read it again from Hebrews 11. Uh, if you care to turn there, you can. Hebrews 11, verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith, be believing, faith and believing is
commanded. We must believe. Another one, scripture we have on that is 1 John 3. First John 3, beginning with verse 23. And this is the commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth this commandment dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby know that he abideth in us, by the spirit which he hath given us. Believing on the name of Christ is commanded. Number two, believing is basic for success. I'd like to go to Old Testament scripture here. Second uh, Chronicles 20. The account here is of uh, the Moabites. Uh, they were attempting to take on uh, Jehoshaphat. And I like the response we have here of Jehoshaphat. Uh, we'll have to skip a number of verses here, but let's look at Second uh, Chronicles 20. Notice in verse three, and Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Jehoshaphat proclaimed a fast because he was seeking God. All right. Excuse me, I got a bug in my mouth. Verse 15. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Then verse 20, and they rose up early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, so that ye shall be established. Believe all the prophets, so that ye shall prosper. Good advice from Jehoshaphat. Believe in God. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall prosper. Believing is basic for success. All right, now let's go to the New Testament, again in John 20. Verse 31. I read this earlier, but I'm going to read it again. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is Christ, is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing, ye might have life through his name. Believing is basic for success. Believing secures our salvation. John 3, very familiar verses there of the plan of salvation. John 3, verse 15 and following. And whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, 
but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the, and this is the common condemnation that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to life, that his deeds may be manifest that are wrought in God. The plan of salvation set forth by Christ Jesus. Romans 10. the importance of believing and being grounded in our belief. Romans 10, verse 9. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall, be a, shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It secures our salvation. There are tremendous benefits of believing. Go to Ephesians 1. The benefits of believing. And believing is something we do. Nobody can do it for us. Verse 18. Ephesians 1 verse 18. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance of his inheritance in the saints, and what the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which was wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. The tremendous bit benefits of believing. One more there, 1 Peter 1. First Peter 1, verse 8, following. Whom having not seen, ye loved, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, Ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets had inquired, searching diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto, 
unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us that did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look upon. I think I'll stop reading there. But there we see some more of the tremendous benefits of, the, of believing, just the basics of believing. There are a number of scriptures that, that uh, particularly in the Old Testament, that, that speak to the, the prophesy concerning Christ and the encouragement that we can receive from that in the fact of believing. I'd like to go to Isaiah 40. Uh, we have prophecies there I'd like to look at. Isaiah chapter 40, several other chapters there also. Looking ahead to Christ, the one who we believe. The very first verse of chapter 40, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God, speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her war warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for her sins. Verse 3, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. That was referring to John the Baptist. Verse 12. This speaks of the omnipotence of God. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out heaven with the span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure? And weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. Who is our God that we believe in? The question is raised there. Verse 28. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, but the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Chapter 43. Verse 10. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. This is Old Testament. All right, now I'd like to look at another uh, account in John 4. This is the testimony of the Samaritans. Uh, this is the account of, of the Samaritan woman as it pertains to being established in believing. 
we have the account here how Jesus had met the, the woman there. Um, I'm going to read verses 41 and 42 of John 4. Uh, well, let me go up to verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified. He told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were coming to him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. Now said unto the woman, and said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy sayings, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that he, this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. So they had heard the testimony of the woman also, but they wanted to make it clear that they, they, heard, him, they heard his testimony also, and they believed. Another passage we go to for a lot of encouragement is John 14. Uh, I'd like to go there, read a few verses there. John 14. Let not your heart, verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whether I go, ye know, and the way ye know. I think I'll stop there, and then we have uh, Thomas in the picture here again. And that becomes more precious when you have loved ones that have gone before. We as a family, of course I mentioned we lost our daughter a year and a half ago. Wife lost her sister uh, nine months ago, and now two, well, less than two months ago, her father-in-law. Uh, they've gone before. These words become precious. By the way, Charles came here to preach the morning after Gerald passed. I don't know if y'all remember that. Now he's going on just a few weeks ago. Okay, I'd like to look yet at uh, Acts 16. This was the account of uh, the jailer, Philippians, the jailer. Acts 16, beginning in verse 25. Uh, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keepers of the prison awake, the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors were open, drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. And Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, "Do thyself no harm, for we all we are all here." Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Here it is. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in the house. 
And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his, and straightway. And when he had brought them to the house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. A beautiful picture of those that believe. What must I do to be saved? Believe. That was the answer. All right, I have one more passage I'd like to look at from James. So basic uh, as it pertains to the Christian experience. James first, James chapter 1, I'd like to read a good portion of the first part of this chapter. Beginning at verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to him that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted but the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade in all his ways. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with the evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. But when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Verse 19, whether, I have lost my place here. Let's go to verse 18. And of his own will beget he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let us be, every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, laying apart all filthiness and superfluity of knowingness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in the glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. 
Whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridle not his tongue, but, be, but, deceive, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. I wasn't going to read the whole chapter, but I got carried away. I like the way it flows there. A beautiful picture of how to be, to remain uh, faithful in believing in the Lord Jesus. I'd like to leave you with these words from 1 Corinthians 15. But thanks be, uh, uh, verse 57, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, forasmuch as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. God bless you as you continue to serve him. Be steadfast and believe.